Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Harry Shearer, and you are listening to TV Confidential, a radio show about television. The human drama of athletic competition. This is ABC's Wide World of Sports. Ed Robertson, welcoming you to this week's edition of TV Confidential, radio talk show about television that will welcome back Grammy Award-winning singer, actress, and songwriter Tony Tennille, in our second hour, Tony Tennille, the effervescent half of Captain and Tennille, who has also enjoyed a long and successful solo career as a recording artist and stage performer. Tony recently came out of retirement to take on the iconic role of matchmaker Dolly Levy in a brand new stage production of Hello, Dolly! that will take place in November at the Yavapai College Performing Arts Center in Prescott, Arizona. Tony's very excited about this production, among other things. She will be sharing the stage with more than 50 student performers, ranging from age 15 to age 70. We'll talk about that and more when we welcome back Tony Tennille in our second hour. We hope you'll stay tuned for that coming up later on. This hour, we will pay tribute to Tony Dow. Tony Dow, the actor known around the world as Wally Cleaver, on Leave It to Beaver, and an accomplished television director and sculptor. Tony Dow passed away this past Wednesday, July 27th, at the age of 77. We'll pay tribute to Tony Dow later on in this hour. Stay tuned for that as well. In the meantime, we will begin the hour by welcoming longtime entertainment executive Paul Friedman. Paul spent more than 20 years creating content for CBS television, including overseeing on-air promotion for both the CBS News and Entertainment divisions in New York and Los Angeles before serving as vice president and creative director at CBS Marketing, where Paul helped launch and continue to oversee the marketing campaigns of three of the most successful reality show franchises in TV history, Survivor, The Amazing Race, and Big Brother, as well as the on-air campaigns for various CBS network programs and specials, including the Grammy Awards, the Kennedy Center Honors, and the Victoria's Secret Fashion Show. Paul Friedman has also written for television, including the multi-part noir drama Angel Town. He has also published his first novel, The Unexpected Danny Green, the inspiring story of an African-American athlete who was born on the wrong side of the tracks, but who rises to the top to become a gifted boxer, a published author, and later a major Hollywood box office star. The Unexpected Danny Green, available right now through Amazon.com. Paul Friedman, welcome to TV Confidential. 
Thank you so much. Great to be with you. What led you to write The Unexpected Danny Green? I always had an interest in boxing. Uh, having played sports when I was younger, I was not a boxer, but I played a lot of tennis. And I learned how to become sort of focused and how that was then applicable to my life. Uh, the, the, the lessons I learned as a tennis player, how to function under pressure, how to win and be gracious, how to lose and come back and fight it another day, always interested me. And I was able to see it reflected in my life as I grew up. So Danny, I wanted to, to create an American folk hero, someone who had integrity, someone who had uh, intellectual curiosity, but he also happened to be very physically gifted. So there's kind of a dichotomy that exists with him. First, he's a, he's, he can be very brutal. He can be very tough, and he can be very, very daunting in the ring. But he also has a side of him, because of his background, because of his family, that allows him to pursue intellectual things. And not to give too much away, but uh, there's a scene in the first part of The Unexpected Danny Green that shows a side of boxing I was not aware of, or at least I don't ordinarily think of when I think of you know, training for boxing, I mean, it's you know, the stereotype or the reality, you know, somewhere in between, is a killer, killer be killed mentality, which is prevalent in in many athletic competitions, but particularly in boxing, because you got to be on, and if you slip up, I mean, it could be the difference between continuing your career and ending up in a hospital for the rest of your life. But there's, there's, a, there's a scene, we're not going to give too much of it away, but there's a scene in which Danny shows incredible empathy for his opponent. Yes. Well, most boxers, they see it as a sport. They don't go in there, despite what they may say before the fight, in order to uh, crank up the gate. They don't go in there to kill their opponent. They want to defeat their opponent. They want to look good doing it. They want to outpoint them. They want to hopefully get a knockout. But they certainly do not want to see their opponent have any sort of permanent damage. So when something happens to one of the boxers in a match with Danny, he is the first one to rip off his gloves, jump out of the ring, and try and assist. This is something he, he has absolutely no idea until it happens how lethal he can be. And, and there's something in it that, that pulls him up, that draws him to reality, and has him question what it is that he's doing. It's not unlike, I follow baseball in particular, it's, it's, not, it's not unlike what happens when a pitcher, like this, this happened the other night with the, uh, with, with the Angels game when they were playing Seattle. The pitcher let one loose, and he, the ball ends up hitting the batter in the helmet, and the, and the, and the batter went down. Everything dropped. The players from both sides converged, and it stopped being a game. It's like, okay, are you okay? Because you're a fellow athlete, you're a fellow human being, and that is something you definitely capture with boxing in the, wor- in, in, in the world of the unexpected Danny Green. Thank you. That's, that's something that I really wanted to show, that this man, he is a multidimensional person. He's an empathetic guy, he's a sympathetic guy, but he's also a guy who's capable because he happens to have a punishing left hook of taking out his opponents. This is something he discovers very early. He happens by a gym where he sees older men working out. This is in the South, in Mississippi, back in the 80s. 
actually it's the late 70s, and he, it's not a gym like we know today. It's not a gym where there's chrome weights. It's, it's very fundamental. It's very basic. And, and the reality of what happens in that ring is basically that it, it becomes a very sort of black and white issue. Are you going to succeed? Are you not going to succeed? And he discovers that he can take those older men for a ride that they don't expect. On the line with us is Paul Friedman, longtime executive for CBS Television and the author of The Unexpected Danny Green. The Unexpected Danny Green, new novel that chronicles the life and career of an African-American athlete whose sense of purpose, thirst for knowledge, deep-seated sense of morality, and hard-earned physical prowess not only take him from Mississippi to Manhattan and finally to Hollywood, but make him a true American folk hero in the process. The Unexpected Danny Green, now available through Amazon.com. Did you pattern Danny after anyone in particular? He is an amalgamation of several boxers that I have witnessed through the years. I was very fortunate I had a teacher, and he and I used to watch boxing together. He used to point things out to me. He used to show me how a subtle change might affect the advantage of a particular fighter, how something might shift in an instant, how momentum could shift. And, and I would just watch these different fighters. And I think, as you've said, there are about five different boxing matches in the book, although it is not a book primarily about boxing. And in each one of those matches, something happens that's unique and it changes Danny. And those were all things that I witnessed in separate matches through the years. Everything that happens in these fights has actually happened in one way or another. You answered the question that Danny is an amalgam of several boxers that you either saw or, or, or got to know, but and this probably says more about me than anything else, but the fact that the novel is set in the 70s, when I read the chapter where Danny stays behind to help with hurricane relief efforts in Jamaica, I immediately thought of Roberto Clemente, who... Yes was a superstar athlete, you know, MVP for the Pittsburgh Pirates, if I remember correctly, and who, like Danny Green, was also a great humanitarian. And that's many athletes, regardless of their sports, they usually do charitable work. They, they don't make it as publicly known as Roberto Clemente did, but uh, Danny Green is one of those exceptions. It's like that's part of who he is. He's in a situation. I'm in a position to help. I'm going to do the right thing. Yes. I actually had the experience of living through Hurricane Hugo. I was stuck down there. So a lot of that comes from experience <laughs> I had, things I saw, and I just thought, wouldn't this be an interesting way for Danny to show his humanity and show his empathy and understand just instinctively what it means to help other human beings in need? I might say at the beginning of the book, the, the reason he's the unexpected Danny Green is because his brother is born, he's an older brother born between him, and his mother is told by the doctor, you can't have any more children. She and her husband Joe are crushed with this news, or by this news. And when she finds out she's pregnant again with Danny, it's an incredibly celebratory moment for them. So he's unexpected. He's unexpected throughout his life. And things that happen to him are certainly unexpected. They never see this kid coming. He, he's thrust into the world, and he achieves things 
that nobody could have anticipated. Right, and and as we touched on, he's not only unexpected in that he wasn't expected to be born, but he often takes actions that you don't expect him to take or you or that you certainly don't see in the world of professional boxing as one example as we touched on early in our conversation the unexpected Danny Green available through amazon.com Paul Friedman is the author of the unexpected Danny Green he's spending a few minutes of his day talking to us about his novel a little later on we'll ask Paul for a couple of questions about his television career but first this week in TV history now has its own podcast you can enjoy This Week in TV History with Tony Figueroa on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you find podcasts. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. The Unexpected Danny Green is a historical novel in that it is set against the backdrop of the 1970s and the 1980s. You mentioned, you know, some of the the things you write about um, were based on things you experienced earlier in your life and your career, and you and, and you worked that into the story. Was that part of the reason why you decided to set it in the seventies and the eighties and the nineties versus making it a contemporary story setting uh, setting it today? Yeah, I think it was a, more of an era of a little more um, moral certainty or certitude, if you will, uh, by setting the novel in New York in the. 80s. It was a very rough and tumble time. The city had barely survived bankruptcy. It was coming back. The word gentrification was on everyone's lips. Would it change the, the, the city? Should it change the city? By setting it in New York and in Hollywood at that time, visiting Italy as he does at one point, I thought those were very colorful locales and it was a colorful time, a time when anything can happen. Uh, rough-and-tumble places, tough to succeed, and it presented unique challenges for Danny. I mean, walking on the street in New York, you took your life in your hands. And he could be celebrated one moment, and people cheer for him, and the next moment he would be an obscure person, just like anyone else, walking in Manhattan or appearing in Hollywood. I also thought there was kind of a richness about that time. Uh, the, the reflections that I had about that time in New York really were very re- resonated with me, were, were very visual, and I just decided to write about them, to describe them, and put Danny in that place. You understand, oftentimes, you know, when, when you're writing, you, you work, and all of a sudden the character starts telling you where he wants to go. Oh, exactly. No, it's, I know about this from uh, my own experience writing both fiction and nonfiction, uh, a colleague of mine, I use this example all the time, um, he often will start with an outline, a bare-bones outline, bullet points, just to kind of guide him where he wants to go uh, and the story he wants to tell, but he does. He's, he's never wedded to the outline. The analogy he always uses, Paul, is that your outline is no different than a road map. A road map can say, okay, I can get from San Francisco to L.A. directly by taking the 5 or directly by taking the 101, or I can make a stop here, make a stop there, and I'll eventually get from San Francisco to L.A., but it might be a little more roundabout. And In the course of making those side steps, you discover something about the story or the character that you hadn't realized when you originally set out 
and did your outline. Absolutely. I, I mean, I, I, I tried to write myself into corners and then maybe go out, go out for a jog or sleep on it and come back and figure out how to solve it. And, and the great thing about sort of the creative process, as you know, is that discovery, the discovery of where you're going to go, where the, where the characters are going to take you, and what they want to say. I, I let them run. I let them go. And then I look at it in the cold light of day, and maybe I want to pull them back from that place, or maybe I want to exploit it even more, like you say. Yeah. On that, that road map, there, there's so many different places you can go. On the line with us is Paul Friedman. Paul Friedman, longtime executive for CBS Television and the author of The Unexpected Danny Green, new novel about an African-American athlete who overcomes his humble beginnings to become a major player in the worlds of sports and entertainment, set mostly in the 1970s and into the 80s and, 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 and 90s. The Unexpected Danny Green captures a big swath of American culture and American life, while also focusing on character integrity and how to best rise above life's inevitable obstacles. The unexpected Danny Green, available through Amazon.com. What led you into television? Um, acting. <laughs> okay. Why else does anyone get into the entertainment business? Everyone fantasizes about themselves being an actor. Uh, I pursued that. I was at UCLA studying political science. And one night, a friend said, come by this workshop. I want you to meet this, uh, this, this coach. And I went, and I was completely floored by what I saw, the work I saw, the insight he had, and I joined the workshop. So at night, I was going three nights a week, studying the great plays, doing scene work, and then in, in, uh, during, in the day, I was studying political science. When I got out of school, I, I struggled for a while, and I, I finally got a job. In, as a page at CBS, mm -hmm. and uh, that was an interesting, interesting time, interesting experience. From there, I graduated a lateral move to the mailroom. <laughs> I, I was on my way out, baby. Yeah. I, and I got to tell you, I, I really mis misunderstood what being in the mailroom meant. I thought, okay, now I'm going to be in the, in, in the building, and people will notice me, unlike at the in the agency world where they really keep an eye on you and they put you on a desk eventually. Nobody was interested in helping to develop or promote anyone from the mailroom. Uh, but I, I, I was able to succeed by turning to writing. I started to work on short stories, and I showed my work to somebody, and eventually he took an interest in me and gave me an opportunity. I looked around the company. I said, where can you stay in this company and still be creative? And I realized it was the on-air promotion department, which is what it was called then. It's now the marketing department, where you could write, produce, create, and get something on the air. And there it was. There was your little jewel that was going out to millions of homes and influencing people to watch the CBS shows. You mentioned that no one discovers you in the mailroom. That's true, but you touch on an important thing for anyone regardless of what industry they're in i mean look most people they start at the bottom and work their way up the top and the way you become noticed is you tap into something in yourself and you and, and you find a way to make paul friedman stand out from all the other people in the mail room or all the other other people in the department and assuming your talent carries you that's how you get noticed yes i, I was given an adage when I was early and it said, this is a business of who you know 
and timing. He says, but you've got to knock on a thousand doors. Mm -hmm. When that door opens, you have to be prepared with your talent to take full advantage of that opportunity. So one door might open, five doors might open, whatever it is, whatever happens, you have to be prepared. And, and that's what I sort of believed, kind of foolishly maybe, I believe that. <laughs> I believe that if I was given an opportunity, I would, I would try and exploit it and take advantage of it. I think most of us have a lot of untapped potential, and it's really up to us to make sure that the world is aware of it because no one's going to beat a path to your door as much as we'd like them to. You, know, you, you can sit around waiting for the phone to ring all day long. It's not going to happen necessarily. Not to most people. Some people, yes. But it didn't happen to me. So I went out and I just, I just felt like whatever I needed to do, I would do it, try and get noticed. And then once I got an opportunity, I was going to be damned if I didn't take full advantage of it. Absolutely. On the line with us is Paul Friedman, longtime CBS marketing executive and the author of The Unexpected, Danny Green. We'll continue our conversation with Paul Friedman at the end of our second hour. Among other things, we'll talk about some of the notable marketing campaigns that Paul worked on for such variety specials as the Grammy Awards, as well as such popular shows as The Amazing Race and Survivor. In the meantime, we'll take a look at this week in TV history right after this. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411. Or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.